Hey everyone, you just tuned in to the NetSuite podcast. I'm your host, Kendall Fisher, and on this episode, we're taking a look at the evolving roles of finance and accounting teams. In fact, we heard there were some big changes coming to the 100 plus year old CPA exam that are reflective of this evolution. So while this episode might enlighten some of you future CPAs tuning in, we're really exploring the role of current accountants and how that's changing through the lens of the CPA exam. Our guest, the Senior Technical Manager for Test Development at the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants or the AICPA, Jennifer Bukowski, will dive into the upcoming changes to the exam, which will put more of an emphasis on understanding business processes, technology, automation, data analytics, and the need for a digital and data-driven mindset. She'll even discuss updates that are coming in 2024, which is part of the CPA Evolution Project, with a main focus of transforming the CPA licensure model to recognize the rapidly changing skills and competencies in accounting and the skills required of CPAs today. Then I'll bring on NetSuite Senior Product Marketing Manager, Scott Beaver, to discuss how he's witnessed financial and accounting teams evolve, the tools they should be using to navigate these changes, and how NetSuite will continue to help with all of this. Stay tuned. You're listening to the NetSuite Podcast, where we discuss what's happening within NetSuite, why we're doing it, and where we're heading in the future. We'll dive into the details about the software and the people at NetSuite who are behind all the moving parts. We'll also feature customer growth stories, discussing the ups and downs of running a company and how one integrated system can help your business continue to scale. All right, first up, I'm joined by Jennifer Bukowski, the Senior Technical Manager for Test Development at the American Institute for Certified Public Accountants, or the AICPA, to discuss upcoming changes to the CPA exam. Hi, Jennifer. Thanks so much for joining us. Hi, Kendall. Thank you. It's great to be here. Now, we're going to dive into the CPA exam and how after 100 plus years, it's taking on some big changes come July. But I think it's really um, critical to first understand how we've seen finance and accounting roles evolve. Can you speak to that a little bit? Sure, definitely. Um, What we've seen over the past couple of years is there's clearly been a change. Um, Technology has been a huge impact on the way that CPAs interact and exchange information with clients. So we've definitely seen that in the profession and we've heard that from the profession. And the exam uh, has been striving to keep pace with this changing profession. Yeah. Um, You know, I, I, I can't speak to this evolution without, of course, speaking to the last year, um, how have business conditions amid COVID-19 impacted this evolution and what are finance teams focused on today that they weren't, you know, say a year ago? Of course, it is, has been quite a year for everyone. I think, you know, the biggest change has been trying to figure out how to work remotely. Um, some companies were better prepared than others. Uh, some jobs were easily able to uh, transfer to a remote situation while there's you know plenty of jobs that require physical presence. So I think companies had to have a you know do a lot and make changes very quickly on the fly and, and determine how to maintain internal control and all those yeah. other very important things while working remotely. 
Yeah. We talk a lot about, you know, and that's about, you know, month end close and how that's a very collaborative effort for a lot of teams, how finance and accounting in general is super collaborative and trying to figure out how to do that remote has been, you know, an obstacle in itself. Of course. I think auditing firms too have had to step back and look um, and kind of rethink how they're doing their audits, Uh, you know, traveling from client to client, you know, didn't happen over the last year. So that, that was definitely a change for everybody. Right. Right. Um, now, you know, the changes to the CPA exam are a clear reflection of all of this, of the, the whole evolution of finance and accounting in, in general, but for starters, starters, can you explain the CPA exam a bit for listeners who may not be too familiar with it, who may not be in that world, but are just curious to hear more? Of course. Yeah. Um, so the CPA exam for those who don't know, or, or those who haven't taken it in a while, um, it, it consists of four sections. Candidates have four hours to complete each section for a total testing time of 16 hours. So the four sections are auditing and attestation, business environment and concepts, financial accounting and reporting, and regulation. So a candidate can only take one section at a time, but they must pass all four sections within an 18-month time frame. Um, So the state boards grant the CPA licenses, so the... um, 18 month time frame varies slightly from jurisdiction to jurisdiction. Uh, but typically, uh, once you pass the exam, you have 18 months to pass the other three sections before you start losing parts. Got it. Got it. Um, so these, these CPA exam changes, they, they happen regularly. Um, but most of them are, are most of the ones that are coming in July are targeted at regulation changes. Why is that? So, The CPA exam does change regularly. We do, we're constantly working to keep the exam current and relevant to the accounting profession and the newly licensed um, practice, which is really what the CPA exam focuses on. We keep the content updated uh, based on regulatory and other changes happening in the profession. This means adding or removing content on a regular basis to reflect passages of like new tax laws, auditing, standards changes, attest standards, or regular accounting standards changes. So as with any business, you know, we like to keep our inventory, which is our exam questions fresh, and we Mm -hmm. review them constantly to make sure we're not testing any stale or outdated data. So Jennifer, these changes that are coming are based on practice analysis. What is practice analysis? And is this something done on a regular basis? Yes. So the AICPA does do uh, practice analyses on a regular basis. It's part of our efforts to maintain the validity and reliability and relevance of the CPA exam to the profession. So periodically, um, which is once every five years, but we've been lately doing them more often than that, just because of the pace that the profession has been changing. So we conduct some research to learn more about the current state of the profession and the work that newly licensed CPAs are doing. Um, The findings from our research help us to uh, inform us of potential changes and updates that we need to make to the exam to keep us current and and aligned with with the profession. So we last, we completed a practice analysis in 2016 and then in 2019, our team um, at the AICPA began a targeted practice analysis. And the focus of this practice analysis was to assess the impact of analytics and technology on the work that newly licensed CPAs perform. 
We also re-examined um, the core accounting competencies that all CPAs must possess to protect the public interest. And in 2019, we published an exposure draft and an invitation to comment and received more than 180 responses from many different firms and individuals, CPAs throughout the country. So we used all of that information that we compiled during our research and developed updated CPA exam blueprints, which um, details all of the content that we have that are that's eligible for testing. And those blueprints are out on our website now and are available um, for candidates and students to, to view. Mm -hmm. And we will begin testing that content as of July 1st of 2021. Diving is into some of that. Um... How big of an impact did technology and automation play in, you know, some of these, these changes we're going to see in July? And can you provide some real world examples of the technology and automation that, that prompted this? Sure. Uh, what we found and, you know, was, didn't really come as much of a surprise, but newly licensed CPAs need to have a better understanding of business processes, internal controls, and accounting information systems that they work with every day, uh, not only that they may work with, you know, from a management side and also from client and audit side. So those really were the big things that uh, the themes that we focused on. And that's what we heard loud and clear um, from the last practice analysis. Uh, this included data analytics and the increasing use of audit data analytics on audit engagements. Jennifer, will things like the concept of the of continuous accounting be something that is specifically addressed on the exam with these with these types of changes like we're talking about greater automation? Um, or is it more generic in terms of like understanding technology and the potential for process automation? I would say the latter. I think having a broader understanding of the impact of technology on the clients and how their process and data flows um, from an auditor perspective, that all relates back to the financial statements. So I think, um, you know, process data flows, all of that is super important in today's environment. Our research from Brainyard NetSuite's industry research platform that delivers um, real world data to enable businesses in all industries adapt and grow. Nice little plug there if you guys want to go check out our, our Brainyard platform if you haven't yet. Um, but it's shown that during the pandemic, companies, employees, and employees have turned to the office of the CFO for guidance and reassurance during what's been obviously an incredibly difficult time. How important do you view communication skills for CPAs? And is that part of the CPA exam changes? Well, I would say that communication skills are extremely important for CPAs, as uh, with really any professional. Um, the CPA exam currently assesses basic business writing skills. Uh, we do that in the BEC section of the exam. Candidates have to complete some written responses. Um, it's essay format. Uh, so they have three, basically, essays uh, to complete during the CPA exam. So communication is crucial. Um, the goal of the exam is to provide insurance to state boards that candidates have the skills and knowledge to, skills and knowledge to protect the public interest. So communication is definitely part of that. Yeah. And especially, you know, as we move forward and, and the, this, these roles continue to, to evolve for people that are looking to take, you know, their, their current role in finance or accounting, and then move into, you know, the C-suite as maybe a CFO, um, being able to lead some of these strategic and operational discussions is huge. Of course. And now, you know, with people sort of remote and all over 
the country they could be, it's also very important to be able to effectively communicate to teams when you're not face-to-face. Right. When you're not able to just walk down the hall and ask a question, it, it, it is an interesting, it's an interesting path to navigate for sure. Definitely. Um, so we've talked a lot about all these changes that are coming. I have to ask what areas were scaled back or removed from the CPA exam and why, like what information, information supported those, uh, kind of removals. Yeah. The information we got from our practice analysis really drove all of the changes that we made, both addition and subtraction to the exam. Um, everyone likes to talk about what we added, but we did have to take some things out too, because we are sort of boxed into our, our, our 16 hour testing time. So IFRS and estate taxation were both removed from the exam. And those two topics were supported by the results of, of the practice analysis and what we heard from the profession. Got it. Is there anything else you can like share there? Like as to kind of the, the, the reason that came out I of the think practice just analysis. Generally, it wasn't an area where um, we found a lot of newly licensed practice. Okay. Uh, so that was the general driver. I mean, the CPA exam is geared towards sort of the two year, you know, a person with two years of professional experience. So mm-hmm. we just, the profession was telling us and through various interviews and focus groups that we held that those two topics, you know, weren't really newly licensed and, and could be removed. Now I know, you know, all of these changes are coming, um, in the future, but there's also something else you guys have been working on, right? Jennifer, it's, it's called the CPA evolution project. Can you speak to that? Sure. I'd love to. So our 2019 practice analysis has come to a a close and the content, um, will be implemented and those changes implemented in July, 2021, but we of course have already started on our on our next round of um, changes and updates to the exam, and and this round will be much more significant than um, what we have done in the past, uh, let's say five or six years. So right now, the AICPA is currently working on a new project called CPA Evolution, and the um, main focus of the CPA Evolution project is to transform the CPA licensure model to recognize the rapidly changing skills and competencies um, in accounting and the different uh, skills that are required of today's CPA. It is a joint effort between uh, the National Association of State Boards of Accounting, also known as NASBA, and the AICPA. So we're working together with NASBA to conduct this research and um, have changes to the exam. So what we're proposing is a new CPA exam licensure model, which is uh, really very different from what we have now. Right now we have the four sections of the CPA exam, which I talked about earlier. Uh, This new model will look at a sort of core and discipline uh, model. So there will be three strong core sections that uh, a candidate would have to take in accounting, auditing, and tax. And then there would be a fourth discipline that the candidate would be able to choose. And um, the disciplines, you know, will have either a tax focus, a um, accounting focus, or a uh, internal control focus. So they can kind of choose between one of those. Um, We see this model as enhancing public protection by helping candidates 
have, have a deeper knowledge of some of the different skills that they, they need to perform in today's work. So um, regardless of the discipline you choose, it will still result in one CPA license. So, you know, there won't be different types of CPA licenses out there. It'll still just be one license. Uh, right now, we're still in the research phases of this project, and we're still developing curriculum for this project, but we expect to launch our revised CPA evolution uh, exam in January of 2024. So I, you know, as someone who's listening in that, that wants to be a future CPA or future finance leaders, how do they prepare for all of this? Like, how do they prepare for this evolution? How do you suggest people, even in these roles currently, plan to, uh, you know, adapt as these roles continue to change? Yes, I think they can prepare. Um, you know, obviously the CPA exam is a great way to prepare right, <laughs> in, in right. my opinion. Right. Um, and there's tons and tons of resources out there now geared toward, you know, students who are still in college, professionals who may be out there thinking about the CPA exam. And of course, those non-accounting majors who maybe, you know, are thinking about the wanting to get in the exam. We have lots of resources available on our AICPA website that, um, that they can get information about the exam. Wonderful. Two more questions. This is just kind of fun. Do you think okay. New Becker would approve of the recent changes made to the CPA exam? Um, well, obviously I've never met Mr. Becker, but I think he would. <laughs> I think he would be impressed with how well that the, that the AICPA listens and has evolved the exam over the years. Um, you know, the exam constantly changes to keep pace with the profession and different knowledge and skills that newly licensed CPAs need to have to protect, uh, protect the public interest. So I think Mr. Becker would be pretty impressed with our efforts in that area. And final question here, Jennifer, does one plus two equal three? Well, <laughs> But it also, you know, I've been an auditor for nearly 20 years now. So uh, <laughs> I am a little bit of a skeptical auditor. I would probably have to ask you some additional follow-up questions to be fully informed before I, uh, I gave you my answer. Well, thank you so much for joining us. This was super um, informative and uh, yeah, good luck to everyone who's coming on to, to, to take the exam in July or take, you know, you know, have to answer some of these new, new uh, changes that are coming. Thanks for having Thanks. me, Kendall. I appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. Is QuickBooks slowing your business down? Do you have challenges managing inventory, project profitability, or just getting paid fast enough? Get your business to a better place and graduate to NetSuite today. Stop paying for multiple systems that don't give you the information you need when you need it. Ditch the spreadsheets and all the old software you've outgrown. Now is the time to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle, the world's number one cloud business system. NetSuite gives you visibility and control over your financials, HR, inventory, e-commerce, and more. Everything you need, all in one place, instantaneously. Whether you're doing a million or hundreds of millions in revenue, save time and money with NetSuite. Join the over 24,000 companies using NetSuite right now. Let NetSuite show you how they'll benefit your business with a free product tour at netsuite.com xm. Schedule your free product tour right now at netsuite.com xm. netsuite.com xm.
Now I'll welcome Scott Beaver, NetSuite's Senior Product Marketing Manager, who will explain the tools to help financial and accounting teams navigate this evolution and how NetSuite can help with all of it. Hi, Scott. Thanks so much for joining us. Hi, Kendall. How are you? I'm hanging in there. Uh, super exciting stuff today that I, I'm excited to dive right into. So um, we just actually heard from a member of the AICPA, uh, Jennifer Bukowski, who told us a bit about how finance and accounting roles are shifting so much so that the 100 plus year old licensing gold standard test is evolving along with it. But first, before we get into all that, I want to ask you, since you're in this realm, you're in it with our customers all day, you're, you're in it with all of us all day, how have you seen the role of finance and accounting shift? Great question. So the big changes that occurred uh, starting last year with COVID-19, as well as some other issues, really did um, change the emphasis a bit. So there's, there's been more focused on things like cost analysis decision support, and other activities that are typically associated with management accounting. Um, big organizations have you know, staff that, that is trained in management accounting. Mm -hmm. Mid-sized and small organizations may not, but accountants need to know how to do these things. It's not just about recording transactions anymore. It's not just about closing the books anymore. So right. there's been a lot more emphasis on that. Um, there's also been increased focus on things like scenario modeling and performing what-if analysis. Again, not necessarily what accounts that have been in the job for years may have been used to. And then finally, particularly because of the economic conditions, cash flow forecasting, cash management have also remained critical. And in, in some organizations, at times, they were doing this kind of forecasting on a daily basis. You know. Mm. Again, in large organizations, that's more common than it is with some of the, the, the mid-sized and smaller organizations, but we were seeing it across the board. Right, right. You know, that actually, that's one, some, one thing we talked about was the fact that CPAs need to have this digital and data-driven mindset, which speaks to some of that that you just spoke about. But from your experience, can you kind of dive into the specifics? Why is this mindset necessary and what does it mean for the role of a CPA as a whole? Yeah, so, you know, accounting and finance professionals aren't really insulated from the rest of the organization like they may have been in the past or like they may think they are. So they need to re realize how influ influential they can be in helping other parts of the organization, um, you know, implement business strategy, make decisions that affect um, growth or just control costs. Um, and in particular, corporate accountants need to see themselves definitely as partners that help managers uh, and, and departments make these decisions. So I think as part of that, the analysis capability, the analytical capabilities and having the proficiency with the tools to see what the data actually means um, goes a long way in helping establish that partnership relationship um, so that accounting just doesn't seem like, oh, here are the people that are going to try to cut our budget. No, right. here are the people that are helping us use our budget more effectively. Right, right, right. Um... You know, and the upcoming changes to the 2021 exam put an emphasis on really understanding automation, you know, where, where to create efficiencies like you're talking about, as well as audit data analytic tools. Um, can you dive in, into that a little bit? What tools should these finance teams be using to, like you said, to uh, get the most out of their budgets, to create automation and, and efficiencies where necessary? And how does that impact the business as a whole? Yeah, so automation has two real benefits for accounting. Um, even today, there's still a lot of manual 
tasks, a lot of repetitive tasks, um, you know, entering entering uh, invoices from um, from suppliers, for instance, can be very time consuming and not particularly exciting work. And a lot of new accountants are often surprised by how much of their day is spent doing these kind of activities. So what automation does is eliminates a lot a lot of that mm-hmm. and frees up the time mm-hmm. for accounts to focus on these other areas. So what they need to be automating is parts of the um, AR and AP process in particular. You know, I, I shouldn't have to data enter bills anymore. I should right. be able to just scan them in or receive an XML file or what have you. So that's the first thing that just saves a ton of time. Um, also should be investing in things like account reconciliation. So I'm not having to focus on every little transaction. Um, you know, I'm getting enlarged instead if there seems to be a problem, some sort of anomaly that I can go focus on. That's really where the automation, um, the big buzzword is robotic process automation that mm-hmm. you're hearing, but it really is about automating tasks that don't require a lot of thought, but have to be performed over and over and over again. Right. Those tedious tasks that really take up time from these people, these teams doing what they were really hired to do, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, you're talking about highly educated people that are, right. that have analytical skills, math, math skills to, to a large degree. And those are incredibly valuable um, resources. They shouldn't be, have to waste their time on data entry, which is really a low value add. Yeah. That's something we actually just talked about in our last podcast episode. We had the CFO of Man Lake on. They, uh, they provide beekeeping uh, supplies for hobbyists and professionals. <laughs> That's a side <laughs> story. I know, right? Um, but she she made a really good point. She said, you know, we we use these tools to automate the processes so that our team can do the processes that can't be automated, that you need the human touch for, that you need, you know, people to step in and, and uh, take control of. Um, and I just thought that was such an interesting point. Like automation frees up time for people to do the things that only people can do. Yeah. And that's critical. You know, there's a lot of folks on um, uh, automated or uh, on uh, AI these days. Mm-hmm. But AI can only do so much. You know, it's not like we're ever going to be able to, at least not in the next few life lifetimes, replace the power of the human brain and all that it, you know, we can do as, as individuals to solve problems. That's just not going to happen. Artificial intelligence isn't anywhere near that yet. So right. um, that's, you know, the accountant will continue to play a critical role in the strategy of the business. Well, I have to ask, how have business conditions amid COVID-19 affected this? I mean, it, it, it it's more than just like month end close. I mean, there's so much more here that fine. Like you said, like some, some teams have been, you know, focused on forecasting, um, you know, more than ever before, how has COVID and the, everything has changed with businesses in that realm, um, affected these teams? You know, it's, it's gone from there's small things, um, to huge things, you know, for one thing, what people may not know outside of, you know, the, the accounting industry is that accounting is an incredibly collaborative role. Mm. Um, you're talking back and forth to people in your own organization. You're working right. with the CFO and or controller. You're talking to people in other departments and you're also processing bills and generating invoices. And when people could no longer be in the office or during that period when people weren't in the office, that was incredibly difficult. Suddenly you had to revamp all your processes. So having the ability to work remotely, um, you know, cloud-based solutions like NetSuite certainly helped all that. But the other other piece has been that's really interesting is again it cost control is always important it's always part of the role that accounting plays but 
like the CFO accounts are also helping figure out how do we fund growth? Maybe there's an opportunity or maybe we have to shift to do something slightly different right now because there's not demand or the supply chain's disrupted. So how do we fund that? Um, where do we cut one place? Where can we move budget around? So that was part of the conversation as well. Well, and what sort of conversations are you hearing finance teams leading or taking part of at least today that maybe they weren't a year ago? Yeah, so the CFO role has changed um, over the last several years, and accounting is kind of following on the heels of that. And CFOs have always been involved in strategic conversations, but increasingly, part of their job is to look for ways to grow the business long term. That was not, you know, 10 years ago, that wasn't as much considered part of the CFO role. And they're also leading, helping lead change um, internally as well. So accounting provides a lot of the data mm-hmm. um, because they're working, you know, they're working with the data every day. And so accounting helps do a lot of the analysis um, and provides a lot of the reporting that CFOs need to make decisions. And, you know, to, to a certain extent, um, if you've got the right training and the right skill set, you become sort of the right hand person to um, the CFO, whereas the controller has to focus on the day to day ins and outs of managing um, the financial, the finance and accounting function. Right. A really experienced accountant can provide a lot of the data and be the go to person for the CFO or for other department managers to help make those decisions. Right. And I mean, you touched on this briefly, but I want to come back to it. So where does NetSuite come into play with all of this? How is NetSuite providing the finance teams the data they need to therefore, you know, help the CFO make those those data-backed decisions that impact the overall business? That's a a critical point. So, you know, having an accounting solution, every business of, of any size, more than one person has to have an accounting solution to help them manage transactions. But just having that doesn't really give you visibility across your organization. Right. What NetSuite does is twofold. One, because in addition to accounting, we have the ability to offer our clients other business modules to support mm-hmm. every aspect of their business, we have a, provide them with a single source of data that they can run their analysis against. And so that gives you know, team members access to both financial and operational data. And the ability to combine those two and discover unique things about the business um, to see why, you know, what are we selling that's more profitable? You know, we, we maybe sell a lot of a product to X, but our margins are a lot thinner. So why are we promoting that when we could be promoting product Y? Right. Those kinds of decisions. And NetSuite also provides all the tools that you need to do that kind of analysis as part of the system. You know, there are other applications out there where you have to buy a, a business intelligence suite or a reporting tool in addition to the platform that you're that you're on. And, and NetSuite um, recognizes the importance of giving those tools as part of the platform. So, you know, I, I, I talk to customers all the time. I know you talk to customers all the time. Um, something that I hear a lot, you know, prior to their experience with NetSuite is, well, I just thought that I was cool running on QuickBooks. And I think a lot of small business founders or, you know, finance leaders of small businesses might say like, I'm, I'm chill on QuickBooks. I'm good there. What would you say to that? I know, I know that ties into your last point where we're, we're, it's so much more than just accounting, but can you just drive that home for us? Sure. Um, here's what I'd say. I'd say, okay, you're <laughs> fine. You're fine until you're not. Right. Right. So entry, 
entry-level accounting applications, they work for companies with very basic needs, and there are, are things that QuickBooks does well. And so if you don't have growth plans and you don't feel like you need insight from other parts of the organization and you're satisfied with an entry-level tool, we're not saying you need to move away from that. Um, but these systems are a lot less flexible, and there are many things they can't do or that they do poorly. Right. Um, and you know, for, and these limitations, you know, create problems for companies that are trying to grow. For instance, if you're trying to get data from other parts of the organization, yes, you may be able to, to you know, do an integration. Those are are expensive often, and they're difficult to maintain. But yeah, you can do an integration, but you're still not going to have that real time data access. Right. And there, there are going to be situations in which you can't actually get data that you want because for some reason, even though it's integrated, the data is not populated populated. Um, for your reporting capabilities. So there are a lot of things that you simply can't do or that are really challenging to do with these entry-level systems like QuickBooks. Got it. And obviously that impacts, you know, as we've just talked about with these the CFOs who are trying to make strategic and operational decisions needing from their finance team real-time data that's, you know, that's really diving into what is specific to whatever that conversation is, right? So that's what Net yes. NetSuite helps in navigating. Yeah, and, you know, it's hard to say what the scenario is going to be because right. I think we've learned, particularly from last year, no matter how good our plans are, unforeseen things will happen. Yeah. And that's when having all this data at your fingertips from across your organization, having the right tools to quickly analyze the data, having real-time KPIs and all the other tracking that you have with um, NetSuite, that's when it becomes incredibly valuable. And if you're trying to do these things and you're not all together in a boardroom is also part of it. So the ability to, no matter where the team happens to be, to see the same information, have a conversation where everybody's up to speed, being able to do things on your mobile phone, right. on, you know, on a laptop, on, on whatever you happen to have access to at, at the moment, that has been incredibly valuable for many of our customers. You know, I've had some, some companies say, look, if we didn't have this capability, we would have been dead in the water. So right. it's been really, really helpful for them. Yeah, that's great to hear. Um, and what about like on the forecasting front? I mean, you talked about that earlier, some, and, and we know that from, especially over the past year, you know, some, some businesses are forecasting, as you said, sometimes every day. Um, how does NetSuite help on that front? Yeah. So forecasting is one of those things that, you know, every company does and no company feels like they're a hundred percent at it. It's just right. challenging. You can't really predict the future, but if you have effective tools for seeing what's happening and tracking trends so that I know, okay, these customers, for instance, that I've got bills to, here's the average amount of time it takes them to pay. Mm -hmm. You know, how likely are they to pay early if we offer them discounts, that sort of thing. That helps with forecasting. Having all this tied into your CRM application also helps with forecasting. Right. But the other big piece here is forecasting by itself doesn't really give you everything you need. You really need to be able to model multiple forecasts based on multiple sets of assumptions. So right. I should be preparing plans, for instance, that give me, here's what I, my best case, here's what I expect, and here's what I'll do, worst case scenario, and then match your forecast against that. And then more, just as important, you need to be measuring your accuracy. So where NetSuite can help with that is manage, helping you determine how accurate was my forecast last time, right. um, where do I make improvements, and you can model all that out. And then also, you know, your your forecast and your budgets 
and tracking that in real time as well. Where am I spending right now so that right. I know, okay, I'm at risk of blowing out a budget before I actually do it, that sort of thing. Yeah. And adjust, you know, adjust accordingly on a more frequent basis rather than, you know, every so often. Yeah. What typically happens, you know, without these kind of tools is that at the end of the month, uh, a department um, head is trying to re cast their budget, you know, right. what did I spend on if they even have access to all the information, which many right. times they don't. And they wind up, oh, I've overspent or, or accounting has me with costs that I didn't have assigned, you know, so there's that reconciliation process that happens on a month at the end of the month, which is really challenging for managers and for the accounting team. So being able to, to do that on a daily or, or at minimum weekly basis is certainly uh, helpful in, a, in times like these. So looking out a year or two from now, assuming things are some semblance of normal, um, how will we see finance and accounting roles continue to change, do you think? I think the first thing is, if you have that bookkeeper mentality, that my job is about paying the bills, generating invoices, tracking transactions, if that's all you want to do, your career options are going to be limited. Yeah. You really have to, as as you know, your, your earlier guests discussed, and as we've talked a little bit about, you really have to be about analysis, about planning, about making recommendations, about knowing how to use the business intelligence tools that are coming on the market. And the other big thing that's, that's going to change is it's not enough to be good at accounting. You have to learn how to sell internally. Mm. You have to know how to partner, build strong relationships with other people because you have to have credibility to drive change within an organization. You have to have credibility to you know, make recommendations to someone that may have 10 or 20 more years of experience than you do. And you've got data, they've got gut instinct. So things like that are going to be incredibly important and is probably, you know, are part of the reason that the CPA exam is changing. So to kind of, you know, repeat what you just said here, if I am a person that's currently in a finance role or looking to, to be in a finance role in the future, I need to a understand the automation and, and data, you know, tools that are available to me, really understand them, really understand that technology and be have be having conversations with more than just people in my team have be having conversations with people across the organization. Yeah. Increasingly, um, I, I mentioned this earlier, but increasingly skills that are typically associated with management accounting, you know, biz, line of business decisions that involve analysis, those are going to be more common, even in smaller organizations where maybe the accounting team wasn't as involved in that in, in the past. So you have to begin thinking more like that. Right. And you have to be, as you said, very aware of where technology is going yeah. and how it can, how it can be applied to your business to um, make your job, the, 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 the tactical stuff to eliminate some of the tactical stuff and give you more time to do the more value-added activities. That's great. Scott, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, you're welcome. Glad to do it. Thank you so much to Jennifer Bukowski of the AICPA and NetSuite's very own Scott Beaver for joining us on this episode. And if you liked what you heard, be sure to tune in for our next episode as we reveal our next superhero. She's dedicated to all of you accountants out there. So make sure you tune in for all that's to come. I also want to shout out to our editing crew over at Lampstand and all of you superheroes for tuning in. There's always more where that came from. So make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. Until next time. You just listened to the NetSuite podcast. 
Be sure to tune in every week with more NetSuite developments, stories, and insights into the benefits of one integrated system to help you run your business.